Welcome to the Fantasy Ace Ball Podcast. This is your host, Tim Kanak. You can find me on Twitter at Fantasy Ace Ball for a nice follow, which I really appreciate. Any follows, retweets of my work, my content. And you can find the pod at Fantasy Ace Ball. And my written content is all on Friends with Fantasy Benefits. You thank Mr. Justin Mason for hooking me up with a spot over there. So let's get into the pod. We are more than a third of the way through the 2022 baseball season. Yes, it's week 11. Most leagues have like 22-week uh, season, usually 22-24 week regular season. So um, depending on if you're head-to-head or roto. So we are getting close to that halfway point in the fantasy baseball season. And what that means also is that we have more or less – a degree of normalization in statistics. So most stats have normalized to this point. So you can actually look at a player's stats so far this season, and they are going basically trying to show you what they should be doing more or less for the rest of the season. Obviously, guys uh, came back from injuries and are rebounding or got hurt just now. They're not going to be able to do what they normally do. And there are extreme circumstances of outliers where people started super hot and they're going to cool off and start regressing back to the mean of their abilities. And the other way around, they started super cold and they're going to positively regress back to being whatever type of player they're for. So this might be a good time to look at stats. And we're going to do a little dive later in this pod and look at some stats and say, okay, where are guys doing worse than what they should be doing. And you want to try to trade for those guys. And then you want to look at guys who are overperforming, and those are the guys that you want to trade off of your team. So this is about that time of the year where you want to make like a first strike before you have all of your trade deadline trades going through. Try to make that first strike and get a player that's going to help put you in a better position about a month before the deadline. And you can do that by looking at these stats that are trend-setting stats, and we'll get into some of them later in the podcast. But first, we are going to go over some roster notes. This is as of Saturday, 6-11, even though I'm recording this super early on Sunday morning. Um, I wrote this article on Friends of Fantasy Benefits, posted it last night, and we're going to be going over the notes. So there may be things that happened uh, you know, this morning before the game starts that I was unaware of. We will start with the Baltimore Orioles. Uh, Something that is not really being talked about is that Adley Rutschman is following the trend of the other young prospect studs who came up and is not hitting at the major league level. He was crushing all the minor league stops he was at, but something is up uh, with trying to hit major league pitching. And I don't really like the the cliche that, oh, major league pitching is just so much better than triple A pitching. That's why these hitters, uh, when they come up, they... They can't hit, but what what doesn't make sense is, okay, if that's the case, then how come these AAA pitchers still, when they come up, are awesome? Maybe it's just there's not enough of the really good pitchers in AAA. Maybe that makes sense, where there's like 10 or 20 really good pitchers in AAA at a time, so there's like one good pitcher on each team. So then whenever the hitters face that one good pitcher, they suck. But then when they, hit all the, when they go against all the other pitchers, they just crush them. So maybe that's why, because... Everyone's like, oh, well, the pitching in AAA sucks. But then with these guys like George Kirby and Joe Ryan, Ronzi Contreras, they just come up and dominate in the majors. So if they can just dominate the major league hitters, then it's not that all AAA pitching sucks. It's just like the depth of AAA pitching is what sucks. That's what needs to be talked about more. I think it's like, okay, it's not that all AAA pitchers suck, and that's why the hitters, when they come off from AAA to MLB, they get rocked. It's more like there's not enough good pitchers that they're facing. They, everyone just gets rocked when they pitch the, when they when they hit against these guys like Bronzi or whatever in AAA. But then in the majors, every pitcher is close to that. So I think I think that's kind of where we're at with that whole AAA major league pitching thing. Um, that's how I would explain it. It's just like there's not enough depth. It's like the depth of AAA pitching sucks. <laughs> All right, uh, Boston Red Sox. Franchi Cordero is uh, in the leadoff spot right now. He's got some nice, really nice hard hit metrics. We'll actually get into some home run stuff for him. I think that he actually has, like, 
he should have like three more home runs than he actually has so far this season. So um, keep an eye on him while the Red Sox give him an opportunity at the top of the order. Chicago White Sox, we had our chance to fire Tony. Everyone knows about that by now, if you're listening to baseball podcasts anyway. Chicago White Sox have Andrew Vaughn uh, finally hitting near the top of the order. Uh, kind of like he, he reminds me of like Ty France. He's like he's good in like a Ty France sort of way where he's going to hit a good average. He only hit like 20 homers. He'll give you some counting stats. I just don't know if he's ever going to turn into that power hitter, like 30 homer power type guy. But um, today, if you look at his career, Kind of looks like Jesse Winker in the start of Winker's career. If you take like both their fan graph pages and look at their first couple seasons, it's pretty similar. Cleveland Guardians, and I do know that in my Friends of Fantasy Benefits article, I wrote Cleveland Indians again. I keep doing it. I don't know. <laughs> I, I really don't know. I, I mean, my brain has not changed this when I'm like typing. It's like, it's not a talking thing. I say Guardians when I talk. But then when I'm typing, I put Indian still. It's like my fingers want to put it. And, like, that's not, like, sorry if that's offensive to anyone. I'm not, that's not what I mean, but it's just, like, I don't know. My brain has not caught, or my fingers have not caught to my brain or something like that. So, anyway, um, a lot of people are talking about Connor Pilkington this week with the Guardians. And I'd much rather take Davis Martin from the White Sox over Connor Pilkington with the Guardians. If you look at both their statistics, what they've done in the minors. Um. I'd much rather Davis Martin take that to the bank. This bro, Oscar Gonzalez, this guy is legit, man. He's like Tim Anderson without the speed and power. Uh, there's no way he's going to hit like 400 like what he's doing through the first 55 appearances or whatever of his career. But he has a really high contact rate. He also has a really high O-swing rate, just like Tim Anderson and high Fabric. But I So that average is definitely coming down. And he has more power than what he's shown. Like, his EV stats are all super good so far. And in the minors, he had, like, six homers and only 100 at-bats. So he's got power. We haven't even seen that yet. So that'll be fun when that comes. Detroit Tigers. Uh, Derek Hill looks really weird in center field in this lineup. And I'm thinking that Riley Green is probably going to be up here uh, by my next article. You can see later below, I'll get a little more into that when we get into the prospects. Kansas City Royals, uh, my cousin Vinny is missing from this lineup. I don't know when he's coming up. I don't even have him on my prospect rankings because I'm, I'm like, so sure that this dude was coming up. I didn't even put him on there. Um, so just remember Vinny Pascantino is also a really nice prospect to keep your eye on. I don't think he's going to be a stud, but I think he's going to be solid. He's going to be like C.J. Crone. So if you need a C.J. Crone in your lineup, that's basically, I think, what he's going to be. The CJ Crone for the Royals. Any any team in real life can use that. Fantasy team, it depends on the depth of your league. Los Angeles Angels. So, like, I typed this out. I was like, Phil Nevin is already way better than Matt because Joe Adele is in the lineup and he's hitting second. And then this guy, they, they, they sent him down again. I don't know. What are they doing with Adele? He went 7 for 19. That's a 368 average. 9 with 3 OPS during his latest call up. And then they send it back down. Makes no sense. Like, this is how you treat top prospects. And this guy was like the number one prospect in baseball with Vlad. And this is what this is what you do with him. He's up and down, up and down, up and down. It's like, who's running this front office over there? Is this the Rockies? The Rockies and the Angels have the same front office. Like, I could do a better job. I, I'm down for it. You know, like. I got a business. I'll sell it and do that instead. Come on, Angels. Hit me up. I'll give you my number. Um, Minnesota Twins. Uh, Joan Duran should be the primary closer going forward. He did not have a good week this week. We'll get a little into that when we talk about our waiver guys. Some brutal news on Royce Lewis for the Twins. Twin ACL. Out for a year. Not even just out for the year. Out for a year. So he's out going into next year. So you have to remember that if you're going to try to stash him as like a keeper, he's not going to be right back in the lineup at the beginning of the year next year. Um, I mean, some guys do. Some guys recover from ACL tears really quick, but it's more likely he won't be back till June. So just keep uh, keep your brain open on that one. Um, also, for the Royals, we should be seeing Alex Kirilov back soon because he's destroying AAA, and Trevor Larnick ain't that good. 
And then uh, Joe Ryan's back, so should be back. Longest aisle sent ever for COVID. Uh, New York Yankees, I, I was looking at their roster, resource, and they only have one player under the age of 27 on their entire team. It's a Glaber Torres. I know this guy's been around forever. He's only 25. Seems like he's been around for like five years now, 10 years. But I guess he did probably came up like when he was like 21. It's the only guy on the team under 27. Crazy. Tampa Bay Rays got Shane Boz back. Yay! Texas Rangers, Steel Walker, who's a non-prospect, was called up in his starting. I know he's got a cool name, but this dude is not that good. Uh, they also have Ezekiel Duran up, who might be worth owning in super deep leagues. Uh, if he stays up, he could be like a J.P. Crawford type. So if you're in a super deep league, like a AL-only league or a 20-team league or whatever, then maybe you could use Ezekiel Duran. Toronto Blue Jays called up. And this is a big surprise to me because I didn't have him in my top 10. I did not think he was coming up this year until, like, September. But they call up Gabriel Moreno. Um, I mean, Jansen and Kirk were playing so good. Like, who could have seen that? But they called up top catching prospect Gabriel Moreno. And he made his first start yesterday. That was Saturday. Like I said, I'm recording this Sunday morning. And I went one for four, got his first hit. Um, Moreno... Should be owned. We'll get more into Moreno when we get into the waivers. But he is a really nice hitting, catching prospect. And should be owned in most leagues. As long as he's playing. Atlanta Braves. We're getting into the NL now. Michael Harris II is making a nice use of his speed so far since the call-up. But as with most rookies coming up, he's got a crazy high O swing and could be making better contact. But that speed, he's making good use of that. Power, He's, he's got to get a hold of that one still. Um, Chicago Cubs, Schwindel is heading back to the grinder for me in 12-team leagues because he is just a hot potato. Very bad week this week after a really strong week against my St. Louis Cardinals. Colorado Rockies, uh, I did a little mini deep dive on Ryan McMahon on Twitter to find out why he's having such a crappy season. But all of his hard hit stuff and underlying metrics are way better than even last year. Makes him look like a 30-plus home run hitter, and that's especially in cores. So I really don't get what's going on with him. I guess it's got to be the launch angle because, like, he's crushing the ball, and he only has four homers and 200 at-bats. Makes no sense at all. Um, Los Angeles Dodgers. So I mean, it's got to be the launch angle. He must be just – I mean, like, I was looking even, like, his ground ball rate isn't even that high. So I guess he's just not hitting the ball at it. Prime angle for homers. Uh, Los Angeles Dodgers have Clayton Kershaw and Max Muncy back. Yay! Miami Marlins. Uh, Edward Cabrera looks legit like the strikeout stuff. He's got to make sure he keeps the control under watch. Like he's only had a couple starts so far. Um, stuff is legit. Control is he's a little scary. Milwaukee Brewers. After some screwing around for a couple days with Willie Adamacy, they got him back in the lineup and Hunter Renfro. Uh, Adamus has yet to find his stride since coming back, though. He has a bunch of O4s, so um, hopefully he gets back into it because I have him on a ton of teams. New York Mets got Tyler McGill back. Yay! Pittsburgh Pirates called up Travis Swaggerty, and now they literally have uh, Brian Reynolds and three rookies in the outfield. They've got Cal Mitchell, Travis Swaggerty, and Jack Sawinski, and that's like my preference, order of preference right there. Cal Mitchell, number one, then Travis Swaggerty, then uh, Sawinski. So they've got three rookie outfielders next to Brian Reynolds. We should be seeing our boy O'Neill Cruz pretty soon here. It's going to be a super young lineup. Pirates line was basically the inverse of the Yankees, where everyone is insanely young, and then they've got, like, one old guy. It's like everyone is super young, and then they have, like, Jose Quintana. It's like, what? <laughs> uh, San, San Diego. San Diego. Uh San Diego, I was going to go to an Anchorman thing, but I don't want to believe this podcast. <laughs> you know, San Diego stands for San Diego Padres have more starters than relievers on their team. First time ever. They got, it's got to be the first time ever. They've got eight starters and only seven relievers. You got Joe Musgrove, you Darvish, Blake Snell, Sean Manaya, Mike Clevenger, Mackenzie Gore, Nick Martinez, and Adrian Morhone. 
And he's pitching out of the bullpen right now, but he's a starter long term. They got eight starters on this team, seven bullpen guys. Fun. San Francisco Giants, the man, the myth, the legend, Luis Gonzalez is back in the lineup. Um, don't buy him, though. He's not as good as these numbers look, but uh, he's been fun. Giants. St. Louis Cardinals finally got Tyler O'Neill and Dylan Carlson back in the lineup. And I'm also wondering when Libertor will be back because they've been playing. They've been pitching Palante, who actually looks okay, even though he doesn't strike anybody out. He's like a Dakota Hudson Light, if there could ever be a thing, is basically what Palante is. Dakota Hudson Light. Yeah, that's right. It's, if you thought Dakota Hudson was a strikeout master, then you have not seen Palante. <laughs> uh, so they got him. And then they got Packy Naughton getting destroyed. Like, not even like, came in last one inning. Like, so I don't know why they've got Packy Naughton starting instead of Libertor. I guess they think Libertor needed to fix something. He, he looked really good in his second start. Like, he, he got a, he had an average opening for his first start. His second start was awesome, and then his third start, he got blown up. So, that's Libertor so far. Washington Nationals, and that's how you say it. I don't know. I keep hearing people on podcasting Libertore. Like, yo, this isn't like, uh, like Libertore. Like, that's like Inglorious Bastard stuff right there. <laughs> it's like, it's like how Brad Pitt and Inglorious Bastards would say his name. It's Libertore, bros. Uh, Washington Nationals got Strasburg back. Strasburg block. He's block. And uh, Luis Garcia is up. So hopefully he can keep that K rate down because he's been striking out a lot so far. But yay, Strasburg is back. Let's get into our injury notes. Again, as of Saturday, 6 11. First, we have Chris Sale with the Red Sox. He should be closing in on a rehab assignment, and that lines him up for a return in early July. But. The Red Sox are considering bringing him back as a bullpen piece rather than a rotation piece. So that means these Red Sox, who already have like five closers, would have Chris Sale in that closer mix. He probably would be their premier closer. But one could say the same thing about Garrett Whitlock and Tanner Hawk and whatever, all these other guys that keep coming in and out. But um, Sale possibly uh, in the bullpen, not the rotation, which might be good news for Brian Bella owners. Um Bello or Bio? That's another one. I don't get that one. See, I got Libertor because I'm a Cardinals fan, but uh, Bello and Bio, I got to find a Red Sox fan. You're a Red Sox fan. Hit me up on Twitter and let me know if it's a, is it Brian Bello or Brian Bio. Is it like, I don't know how Spanish he is, I guess. Um, next guy, Red Sox again, Garrett Whitlock, was placed on the 15-day IL with a hip, infl- hip inflammation. There is no timetable yet for his return. Next, we have Sei Suzuki with the Cubs. He should be coming off the IL sometime this weekend. That's what the rumor was. Maybe it's next week instead. We also have with the Cubs, Kyle Hendricks, starting pitcher, is supposed to be back soon. Very keen details there by the Cubs. We have outfielder Eloy Jimenez with the White Sox. His return is being pushed back due to leg soreness. But luckily, they've got Mr. Lance Lynn. My boy coming back to the rotation next week to make a start on Tuesday against the Detroit Tigers. That's according to TLR, who may or may not also be in the White Sox dugout on Tuesday. <clears throat> Sorry. Catcher Tyler Stevenson with the Reds is out for 46 weeks with a broken thumb. Second baseman Jonathan India with the Reds is starting his rehab assignment a few days ago and should be back next week. Turning pitcher Nick Lodolo is starting a rehab assignment. And, according to the Reds, should be back within a couple of weeks. This is a little more detailed than the Cubs. Should be back soon. When's he going to be back? <laughs> soon. Okay. Um, Casey Mize with the Tigers, it was announced that he is out for the season with Tommy John surgery. So, um, that means we probably won't see him until 2024. Bye-bye, Casey Mize. Good thing I traded him and all the leagues I had him in. Second pitcher Eduardo Rodriguez with the Tigers had a strong rehab on Friday. Should be back in the rotation next week. Anthony Rendon is back in the lineup for the Angels. Yay! And Kershaw already announced is back, but he is making his start today. Uh, Walker Bueller was actually just placed on the IL, like right when I opened up my injury news this morning. 15-day IL with a flexor strain. So because of that, that means that Andrew Haney might be back sooner 
Um, Haney was probably on track for another rehab start, but maybe they just bring him back to fill Walker Bueller's void in their rotation. We have Anthony Bender, the closer for the Marlins, expected to go on a quick rehab assignment next week. Should be able to jump back into the Marlins bullpen pretty quick, whether that's by the weekend or the following week. I don't know because Floro, uh, his recovery took for friggin' ever. Um, so maybe the same thing's going to happen with Bender. Brandon Woodruff was supposed to come back next week, but apparently he's got something called Raynaud's, Raynaud syndrome, some like blood disorder thing. So um, I don't know when he's going to be back, guys. Just keep an eye on the Brandon Woodruff thing. Uh, Joe Ryan is expected to make his next start after his rehab assignment on Thursday, so it should be early in the week. Sonny Gray is expected to, to also come back when first eligible to return from the IL this upcoming week. I already announced Royce Lewis is out for the season. Didn't I? I think I did. Uh, but he will miss the first couple of months of next year, too, with a torn ACL. So, ouchie, ouchie. That's what happens when you put a shortstop in the outfield and they crash into the wall. Should have kept him in shortstop and moved Cray to third, like I had been saying. And that would not have occurred. Good job, Twins. Now, Max Scherzer for the Mets. Um, this is what we need. is more good news for New York baseball teams. Uh, is ahead of schedule and could possibly start a rehab assignment by the end of next week. That puts him on pace for late June or early July return. So Scherzer coming back shortly. Closer Araldus Chapman is slated to return next week. And guess what? He ain't no closer no more. Now it's going to be Clay Holmes. He's got a grasp on the role. Araldus Chapman will be going to the fireman role. Shortstop outfielder Fernando Tatis Jr., you know, just like the best player in baseball. Uh, Apparently, the wrist injury is healing slower than expected, and he is not expected now to return before the All-Star break. He is coming back more than likely after the All-Star break. First baseman Brandon Belt is playing in rehab games and should return next week, finally. I feel like he's been out forever. Uh, starting pitcher Jack Flaherty with the Cardinals has made a nice rehab start in AAA on Friday night. He had, I believe, 6Ks, 0 walks, and 4 innings, but he only he pitched less than 60 pitches. So the Cardinals probably want to build him up for one more start. But like I said, they've got a bunch of injuries in the rotation right now uh, with Matt and Hicks. And Hicks is going to be going back in the bullpen. So maybe they just want to bump him up and throw him in there. Um, but I think probably we'll see a Libertor or another uh, Palante start would be my guess. Shane Boss is back in the Rays rotation. Yay! And Danny Jansen out with a broken finger on the IL. He's having such a good year, too. Probably on like a Tyler Stevenson schedule. They haven't announced like uh, how long he's out, but probably four to six weeks, which is why they brought up Moreno because that's uh, I mean, you don't want to just have a, a goose egg, and they like to put Kirk DH. So there you go. Those are their injury notes for this week. Let's get into our top ten waiver ads after I drink a sip of coffee. Alrighty, we got. Mr. Ryan Helsley, closer for the St. Louis Cardinals as the number one. That's right. As a Cardinals fan, I have seen enough of the Cardinals bullpen the last week to officially announce that Helsley is now the closer of the St. Louis Cardinals and is no longer a split between Helsley and Gallegos. He only has four saves on the year, but just watching the bullpen, you can see Gallegos coming in in like the sixth and eighth. Helsley's being reserved for the ninth. Um, he has a 32.1 K-minus walk rate and a 184 Sierra. Like, he has, like, simil very similar numbers to Josh Hader right now. So the fact that he's not owned in more leagues is silly at this point. He should be owned in every single fantasy baseball league. Ten-team leagues he should be owned. Number two, we've got Edward Cabrera with the Marlins. Cabrera has made two starts this season, has only a 14.6% K-minus walk rate because of the walks, to go along with a awesome 32.1% CSW, and a 404 Sierra. So he's got really great stuff. Needs to get the walks under his control. He's not a under one ERA guy like he actually has been through the first two starts at small sample size. Um, and funny enough, I'm actually higher on Rowanzi Contreras than I am on Edward Cabrera. So I'm definitely higher on Contreras. And Contreras, you might say, where is he on this list then? He's all the way on the bottom of the next on the he's on the next list, the deep league list, because he's not owned enough. So if you have the choice between Edward Cabrera and Rowanzi Contreras, I would add Rowanzi before I added Edward Cabrera. Number three, I've got Harrison Bader with the Cardinals. It's probably the last week Bader's going to be on this list because he has 71% ownership in CBS leagues now, and I use CBS ownership for these lists. 
Um, Bader and Edmund have a fun little stolen base competition between the two of them. Bader is at five homers and 14 steals right now, and Edmund just got his 15th steal. So next time Bader gets on base, he got to get a steal. Got to tie him up. Uh, but they have a, a nice little number two, number three stolen base competition, Bader and Edmund, behind Julio Rodriguez. Number four, catcher MJ Melendez. Uh, MJ Melendez, Mr. Melendez, hit two homers this week, so he looks like Salvi from the catcher spot, but actually better defense right now. He's got that same elite power that he was showing in AAA last year. Um, in my mind, he's a must-own catcher in any fantasy baseball league. Maybe not 10 teams, but 12 teams plus. Melendez should be owned. Number five, I have Andrew Haney with the Dodgers. Like I said up above, Haney probably was on track for one more rehab start, but he might just be straight back in the rotation now with Bueller getting hurt and going on the IL. Number six, we have Joan Duran, um, who I have also mentioned. He's got a 32% K minus wall grade, 33.4% CSW, 1.7 Sierra. So he's got better numbers, actually, than Hader. He's got better numbers than Helsley, but he's not being used at the closer. So he's getting some saves, but not all saves. So that's he, but he's still worth owning. Even just those numbers, he's worth owning as like a, a metrics guy. So I'd still own him. I don't know why he's still on this list. He should be getting saved sooner rather than later, I'd say. Number seven, I've got outfielder Riley Green with the Tigers. I will get more. Again, I already mentioned this before, but I will get more into Riley Green in the prospect column. But um, there's only a few super prospects left, and you got to grab them soon because they're going to be coming up in the near future. Number eight, we have outfielder Manuel Margot with the Rays. He had a really nice week this week to bounce back from his return from the IL last week. He hasn't done much in the power speed department since coming back last week. Um, but that batting average is a lot of help in those county stats are a lot of help in, in the league. Number nine, catcher William Contreras. He has a beastly max EV of 113.4. He's got an insane 17.5% barrel rate. Those are elite numbers. The most important thing for William Contreras is that he just keeps getting playing time. As long as he's getting playing time, he is worth being owned in any 12-team league. Number 10, we have Erod with the Tigers. Eduardo Rodriguez making a comeback this week. And if he has a strong start, he will earn himself off the waivers list next week because he's about 60% ownership. He had a rough start to the season, but was starting to trend up before his injury. It might be worth taking a flyer here on Erod for bounce back. Okay, let's get into our deep league ads. I already sneak peeked this one, but number one is Rowanzi Contreras. I don't know how this dude is owned under 50% in CBS leagues. I'm a dummy and dropped him a couple weeks ago for great for Grayson Rodriguez because I thought they were going to be coming back at the same time, and Grayson is just the slightly better pitcher. And then Grayson Rodriguez gets injured after the season. Ronzi comes up, starts dominating. So I'm a dummy. I blew this one just like I blew William Contreras in TGFBI. So um, there's a couple of these that I've blown in TGFBI because I just made the move too soon. Or I just didn't wait long enough. Or like I just acted one week in advance because I'm trying to get the the jump on these industry league experts. And then it ends up, I shoot myself in the foot. So um, why is this dude still owned under 50% in CBS leagues? I don't know. But 12-team um, leagues, he should be owned in every 12-team league. Probably 10-team leagues. He's got 20.5% K minus walk rate. It's 31.5% CSW. A 320 Sierra on the season. Those are top 20 starting pitcher numbers. Number two, we have Diego Castillo with the Mariners. Looks like he's got the closer role. He had two saves last week. And this dude has been good for a long time. I don't think I need to talk more about him. He's really good when he's pitching. He's got the closer role, it looks like, with Giles still rehabbing. Munoz struggling a little bit. And second rider getting DFA'd. So Diego Castillo, if you need a closer. Number three, I've got catcher Gabriel Moreno with the Blue Jays. Like I said, he should have been a top 10 prospect. I just did not think he was coming up this year with how good Jansen and Kirk were playing. Um, so Moreno, got a hit already. If you need a catcher, should be owned in every two-catcher league, faux show, uh, or 15-team league. I think he's a top 15 catcher already. Number four, Tanner Hawk with the Red Sox. Got a save this week. Like I said earlier, there's a giant jumble, you know, like uh, 
Eric, like Eric and uh, Tristan on the ESPN pod used to always say the closer carousel. The Red Sox have their own closer carousel just in their bullpen. Like they get, they have a league's worth of closer carousel just in the one bullpen because they've got like five guys getting saves. It's kind of like the Rays. So everyone gets a save. So Oprah must be the bullpen manager there. You get a save. You get a save. All right, number five, we got Brendan Donovan, super util guy with the Cardinals, second base, shortstop, outfield. He is good to own as like a super bench guy in most leagues. That's why I recommend him, even though he doesn't hit for power. Is not a lot. He has some speed, but he's not he only has two steals, even though he's got some speed. But the main thing is this dude gets on base. Got like a 420 OBP. And that's very helpful in any deep league. Someone who gets on base, he's hitting 295. So um, not the sexiest, but he can fill in in a lot of spots. He's going to get hits. He won't hurt you. Number six, I've got outfielder Oscar Gonzalez with the Guardians. Gonzalez is hitting 393 right now through 56 at-bats. And as mentioned already when I talked about Cleveland, he's not going to continue that. But he does have a 91.8 average EV and a 113.1 max EV. So this guy hits hard. He hits the ball hard. And I think that there's more potential for power in this bat. Number seven, catcher Jose Trevino with the Yankees. He's a repeat from last week on this list. Dude just had a walk-off hit on Friday night. Um, if you need a catcher in the two-catcher league, Trevino is a nice second catcher. He had a 290 average, 340 OBP, 462 slug with four homers after getting that walk-off hit on Friday night. Number eight, I've got starting pitcher Alex Fido. Here's a name I can't say. Someone help me with this one. Tiger fans. Is it Fido, like a dog? Alex Fido? Or is it Fido? Like, or Fado? Fido? I guess I'll call him Fido. All right. Kill boy. Uh, I'd take Fido over Graham Ashcraft, another great name. Like I said, Graham Ashcraft sounds like a, a 1900s president who got shot 30 days into office. Um, so <laughs> I'd take, I take Fido, good boy, over Graham Ashcraft and Mike Miner any day of the week. He's got the track record in the minors, got better stuff, um, should be owned in any 15-team league, I would think. Somebody, somebody t- Tigers fan, help me out on that on Twitter. Number nine, we got outfielder Cal Mitchell with the Pirates. Between the majors and the minors, Mitchell now has seven homers and seven steals so far this year to go along with a very solid walk rate, nice average. Um, his bat pip is down below what it should be because he's pretty fast. So he should be more like a 270 hitter, not a 240 hitter. I'd be looking looking for that to come up. Number 10, I've got shortstop third baseman Bryson Stott with the Phillies. Stott is finally starting to catch a heater with a couple homers in the last week. Um, I think he's more like a 15 homer, 10 steal guy at this point who can hit 270 at what he's been doing. And the position eligibility is very useful in deep leagues. So if you're looking for a flyer on like a young prospect who might hit, Bryson Stott would be the guy I'd be going with over like Jose Miranda and some other guys like that. Okay, let's get into the top 10 redraft prospects. I'm going to take another sip of coffee. So patience, young Padawan. All righty. Number one, we got Riley Green, my boy. I have him in a ton of leagues. I've got him in TGFBI. I've got him in my uh, hot new league. So I've been holding on to him, waiting for him to come up for some time now. I'm in my dynasty league. All right, my home dynasty league. Come on, Riley. Let's do it. So I'm expecting, I think that he gets called up this week. There's a home weekend series coming up. If he is not called up by then, we probably will not see him until 4th of July weekend because that's the next time the Tigers are home. So I'm expecting that he comes up this weekend, this upcoming weekend. In AAA right now, he's hitting 275, 356, 375, small sample size, with a homer and two steals. Um, But they need him. Like I said, they've got Derek Hill in center field. Uh, Number two, we've got Max Meyer with the Marlins. He's throwing sim games now. Should be back in action, I would think, in the next couple of weeks here. Probably sooner than that. Uh, unfortunately for Meyer, Cabrera took the rotation spot that Meyer would have got if he didn't get hurt. But there's still more room in the rotation. we got Braxton Garrett starting right now. And, like, I liked Braxton Garrett a few years ago, but uh, I'm over it. <laughs> number, n- number three, I've got O'Neal Cruz. Shortstop for the Pirates. He's been on a tear for, like, the last month at AAA. Um, power speed tear anyway. He's trying to get that average up because I think he's just screwing around for a while. Uh, but I think he comes up this week. My expected date that he comes up would be 617, which is Friday. 
for the home weekend series this week. Right now he's hitting 227, 339, 422. Like I said he's been in the slug up, nine homers and eleven steals. I don't know what else he can do down there. And apparently he's really slick at shortstop. So number four, we got third baseman Miguel Vargas. Vargas is dominating AAA. Basically, Vargas is just waiting for the Dodgers to give up on Justin Turner. Turner's been crap. So uh, I expect Vargas to be up at the latest in July. Maybe they treat him like a trade acquisition. Um, but I think he still comes up in late June because he's mashing. He's hitting 286, 384, 46 with nine homers and six steals. Much better than Justin Turner. He's like a, he's a, be, he's like a better, younger version of Justin Turner. Um, maybe Justin Turner's like a leader on that team. They don't want to piss him off or something. But... I think that he should be up sooner rather than later because Turner ain't cutting it. And Muncy is – you're better served with Muncy at DH. You don't want to hurt that – aggravate that elbow again. Like, But just keep him at DH and let him hit because he's a good hitter. But then if you're, you're third up at third base, make him throw when he needs Tommy John. Like, what are you doing? Just let him DH. Number five, we got Jared Kalanick with the Mariners. Kalanick is on a tear in AAA right now. Hitting 300, 344, 600 with six homers and two steals. So um, they may le- just make him stay down there and d- tear the cover off the ball for another month. Uh, we'll see what they do because they don't want to bring him back down. You, they, you don't want to bring him up and then have to set him down again. You want this to be the last time that he's in the minors. So you really need to make sure he's ready. He's still got like a 33% strikeout rate, but that's because when he first went down, he had like a really crappy week where he's striking like 50% of the time. Um, so he's improving that. Maybe they want him to get down to like below 25% before they bring him up. But I could see him coming up by the end of the month um, back to the Mariners. I mean, they need him. Mariners' lineup hasn't been as good as it should be. With Hanager out and everything. Inker not doing as well as he should be. Number six, we have outfielder Joe Adele with the Angels, who was just called sent back down. I don't get it. I don't know, man. I think he comes back up in a trade. I think he gets traded for Frankie Montes. They sent him down because they want to freeze frame the value that he just put up in the last week. They're going to trade him for Montes in a month, and then he'll be back up with the A's. Number seven, we have our boy Brian Bello, Bio, Red Sox fans. Hit me up. Uh, Bello, I'll call him a different name each time, just so that means I got it right half the time. Bello threw a no, <laughs> no hitter already in AA this year, and then it was recently promoted to AAA. He's been dealing in AAA as well. Um, maybe this is why Sale might go to the bullpen. Maybe they're going to make Bello a starter, and Sale's going to hit the bullpen. So I've got him coming up in July. Got 28 point and one-third innings pitched in AAA so far this season. Much more in AA. 25.6 K minus walk rate, 3.49 ERA, and 1-2 whip. So maybe once he gets up to 50 innings or so, they bring him up. Same About the same time Sale comes back, Sale hits the bullpen. Um, could be interesting what they're doing. We'll see what's up. Uh, number eight, we have D.L. Hall, starting pitcher with the Orioles. He is starting to build up a little bit now. I think he had like 10 innings in the last week, so that means he's getting a couple five-inning starts. Uh, lefty, there's 100 miles an hour. Uh, G-Rod injury might actually help get him pushed up a little sooner, but I think he's looking at late July because the Orioles don't want to call him up and he gets rocked. They want to make sure he's right. He's try- Talk about electric stuff. This guy makes like Edward, uh, what's his face? Edward Cabrera looked like Kyle Hendricks or something. Um, <laughs> he's got ridiculous stuff, but he he's wild. He's got 23.7K minus walk rate. So, yeah, good, really good stuff. 4 1 ERA and 133 whip. Like I said, wild. He's going to have a high whip. He's going to be a high whip guy. He's going to be a guy who has a low ERA, a high whip, and a ton of strikeouts. Like, basically, he's going to be like Robbie Ray. He's going to come up and be like how Robbie Ray was with the Diamondbacks. Just getting a ton of strikeouts, but also like a 1-4 whip and maybe not the best ERA. Maybe he's going to have some really hot, good ERA season, some bad. But I think that's going to be D.L. Hall's future. Number nine, new guy to the list. I've got Estori Ruiz, who got called up to AAA from AA for the Padres organization. And I think there's a good chance he comes up before Abrams gets a shot again. Um, because he's just he's been the best player in minor league baseball so far this year. Straight up. This guy has been beasting, putting up video game numbers in the minors. You're not going to believe it when I read you these numbers. So I have him coming up in early August. I think that right after the trade deadline, the Padres bring him up and he's starting in the outfield. Because this guy, in this season in double A, he had 344, 
474, 611. Yeah, 474 OBP with nine homers and 37 steals. That's only like 150 at-bats, guys. Now he's in AAA, and in four games in AAA, he's hitting 375. Yeah, so the slash line doesn't matter as much, right? But he's, he just knows he's mashing. In four games, he's got three homers and two steals in AAA. Like, this dude is – I mean, like, he was always a steals guy, like, if you look at his minor league numbers, but, like, now the power is here. Like, this dude could be a superstar in fantasy baseball. If this translates to MLB, you have a – this is at, at Alberto Mondesi right here. 20, ste- 20 homers and 60 steals right here. Number 10, we've got outfielder Kyle Stowers with the Orioles. Um, not as exciting as Ruiz. Nowhere close. But this guy should be up sometime this year. I have him coming up in late July. He's a 24-year-old in AAA, and he's got power. I think that he's blocked right now because the Orioles need to move either Mancini or Santander. Once one of those are moved at the deadline, uh, then Stowers should be up. Uh, but in AAA, he's hitting 254, 348, so nice OVP, 548 with 12 homers and two steals. So it's a solid major league hitter right there in Kyle Stowers. Honorable mention, we've got shortstop C.J. Abrams with the Padres. Outfielder Josh Lowe with the Rays. First baseman Tristan Costas with the Red Sox. Starting pitcher Bobby Miller with the Dodgers. And second baseman slash third baseman Spencer Steer with the Twins. New to the honorable mention list. I'm going to get into some prospect notes for 2023 plus prospects. These are guys I do not expect to be up this year. There is a guy on here. Maybe two guys on here that could come up this year, though. I'll get into it. Number one, shortstop Gunnar Henderson with the Orioles was promoted to AAA. This dude is a straight-up beast. Um, if you're looking for 2023 guys, like, go get him. He's already gone in a lot of my deeper leagues, prospect leagues, dynasty leagues, keeper leagues, odd new leagues. Hey, this guy's already gone. But if you can get Gunnar Henderson, go get him before someone else does. Next, I've got third baseman outfielder Sedane Rafaela with the Red Sox. This guy has Mookie Betts comparisons. He's got nice power speed. He was promoted to double A from high A. So he's definitely a 2023 guy. He's not going to be coming up this year. I don't think Gunnar Henderson's going to be coming up this year. Both those guys are 2023 guys. Rafaela might even be a 2024 guy. We have next, second base, third baseman, Emmanuel Valdez. I don't see him coming up this year. Even though he's in AAA and he's mashing right now, unless someone gets hurt, I do not see him up this year because Altuve and Bregman are blocking him. Now, he could be the guy who comes up and fills in for first base when Guriel is gone, because Guriel's like 40 years old. Shortstop Mason Wynn with the Cardinals is next. He was promoted to to double A from high A and isn't taking the foot off the gas. Um, he's with his buddy Jordan Walker now, 20-year-old from 20-year-old shortstop. Um, he's a couple years away. Outfielder Joey Weimer with the Brewers was promoted to triple A. He has not been yet. Sorry about that. Should be getting promoted to triple A sometime in the near future. This is a guy that I could see getting called up this year. Because Kane has been struggling. Tyrone Taylor has been streaky. So there's a good possibility that if the Brewers, when they're getting ready for their playoff run in September, they call Weimer up and they try to get him on that playoff roster. So he could be coming up at the end of August or in September, but they didn't even bring him up to AAA first. Next note is starting pitcher Ricky Tiedemann. He has like 19 and he's dealing. just was promoted to high A. It's a name to watch for like 2024. Uh, starting pitcher Gavin Stone to Dodgers. Another stud prospect for the Dodgers. Uh, brought up to AA a couple weeks ago and he's dealing. Uh, Michael McGreevy with the Cardinals, nice pitching prospect. Uh, get got comps to Bieber because he's like a control guy. He was brought up to Double A with Gordon Graceffo, another control guy. Um, but they haven't been doing as well at Double A that they were doing at High A. And lastly, we have starting pitcher Cole Henry with the Nationals, was promoted to Triple A and could find his way into the major league rotation this year. So here's a guy who could be promoted this year, Cole Henry with the Nationals. Now let's get ready for our deep look. We're going to be looking into. Home run minus X home run and some BABIP outliers offensively. This is an offense deep dive. So X home runs is basically how many home runs a player should have hit based on the distance of the home run in the average ballpark. So positive home run minus X home run basically means that the player should have X amount less home runs than what they actually hit. For instance, Brandon Rogers has a 3.1 X home run. So even though he has six homers, he should basically only have three if he was playing in average ballparks. Because this is based on the distance of those homers in most ballparks. Um, so basically, Brandon Rogers, even though he has six homers, should only have three. So it shows you he's had like, no power. Mookie Betts seems to find himself on this list every year. He also has a three 
home run, minus X home run. So he only has 16 to date. He is showing more power like a 13-homer guy. So Mookie Betts should not be currently on pace for like 40 homers, 45 homers. He should be more on pace for like 30, 35. So this stat's useful to help you find guys who might be hitting over their weight class at the moment in the power department. and helps you find guys also who are hitting under their weight class. Guys, you can get some hidden value from. So if you have a high home run minus X home run, that means that the power is likely to trend down in the future. If you have a low home run minus X home run, that means the power is going to be trending up from what their current stats are because they've been unlucky in regards to homers. So some notable overachievers, besides the two that I already mentioned, we have Jose Altuve at 2.6, Frank Swindell at 2.6, Obichette at 2.3, Jazz Chisholm with 2.1, and Taylor Ward at 2. That means all those guys have hit two or more home runs more than what they should have based on X home run. Notable underachievers, some of these are pretty ridiculous. Trey Mancini, minus 6.1. I guess that's what happens when you change those ro- those walls from Baltimore. Um, the Orioles just destroyed Mancini's value. You can see there. He should have six more home runs this season. That's insane. Uh, Alex Verdugo is minus 4.6. And I wanted to note, there's a ton of Red Sox on this list that have minus three or more. You know, like Devers was on that list. Verdugo was on that list. J.D. Martinez was on that list. There's a lot of unlucky things happening power-wise for the Red Sox. I think a part of that is the Green Monster. And it's these guys hitting a double off the Green Monster. That would have been a home run in another park. I'm pretty sure that's what that means. Jesse Winker is minus 3.5. So that Seattle ballpark versus the Reds ballpark. Great American ballpark is definitely killing him. But we knew that going into the season, which is why I wasn't getting Jesse Winker anywhere. And I was like, okay, Winker's an OBP guy. This is going to help Hanager and J-Rod and the other guys in the Mariners lineup more than it's going to actually help Winker. Ronald Acuna Jr. at minus 3.1. Very high considering that he missed some time at the beginning of the year. And Aaron Judge minus 3. Very notable because this dude is already leading the league with 22 homers. So he should have 25 homers according to home run minus X home run. Sorry if you hear my child screaming in the background. These kids don't sleep. They wake me up at 5 a.m., go to bed at midnight. I'm like averaging five hours sleep. Um, I don't know what's up with this dude. Someone has a two-year-old and gets that kid to sleep, then let me know tips and tricks. Besides, like, the old old people telling me to give them alcohol because can't do that anymore. All right. BABIP outliers. Let's get into some negative regression candidates for hitters. So J.D. Martinez is a 445 BABIP this year. So there's no way he's going to continue that. His career BABIP is 345. So he already has a high BABIP in his career. No way he's going to have a 445 BABIP. So there's a good chance that we see J.D. Martinez hitting more like a 250-ish hitter the rest of the way. Paul Goldschmidt has a 385 BABIP this year. But Goldie's always a high BABIP guy. He's a career 348 BABIP. And a th- he's had a 382 BABIP season in the past in Arizona. So it's possible that Goldie still hits around 300. Because right now he's hitting 330 with that 385 BABIP. So when his Babbitt normalizes, he should be probably around a 300 hitter the rest of the way still, which Goldie, awesome year so far. Um, on the other end of it, you got Machado. You got your two NL MVP candidates more or less here right now, Goldschmidt and Machado. I guess you could throw Harper in there too, and then the Phillies suck. Um, but you got Machado here who's hitting with a 365 Babbitt and has a three. His, his career Babbitt is 300, and his career best is 322. So he's already 40 points over his career best Babbitt this year, so far this year. So more than likely, I would say Machado will be sporting closer to a 270 batting average the rest of the way, not what he is currently hitting, which I believe is like 330 like Goldie. So Goldie is more likely to maintain the high batting average based on career Babbitt numbers than Machado, in my opinion. And J.D. Martinez, there's no way he's going to continue that. Now, negative regression candidates for hitters. So these are or positive regression candidates for hitters. These are guys who are going to get better based on their rabbit. I've kind of tied Christian Walker and Anthony Rizzo together here. These are both power hitting first baseman. Christian Walker has a 186 Babbitt to date, and Rizzo has a 201. Um, lately, Rizzo has had poor Babbitts because he just gets shifted to death. And I guess Walker is also getting shifted. I think that's what happens. You get these slow first basemen, and they just get shifted left or right, whatever way they are. And that's what brings their Babbitt down. But Walker has a career for 243 Babbitt, and Rizzo has a career 280 Babbitt. Um, 
I think both players should be closer to 240, 250 hitters than where they're currently at, at like the Mendoza line. So we should see outticks from both of these guys, about 40 points in batting average. Byron Buxton has a 220 Babbitt right now. Can you believe it? This guy's having an MVP year in the AL, and he has a terrible Babbitt. His career Babbitt is 308, so he should be closer to like a 260, 270 hitter than 236, which, which is where he's at right now. And lastly, I lumped in here two first-round picks, Juan Soto and Vladimir Guerrero, going basically right next to each other in the draft because they're both having similar seasons. Juan Soto right now has a 226 Babbitt, and Vlad has a 246 Babbitt. I expect them both to get hot as we are entering the summer here, kind of like last year. Soto did the same thing. So he has a career 317 Babbitt, so he should be get, hitting closer to 300 than 226 for the rest of the season. And Vlad has a career 297 Babbitt, so he should be hitting closer to 280 the rest of the season. So I expect Vlad to hit somewhere around 280, Soto to hit somewhere around 300 from here on out for the rest of the season. Those are uh, my deep dive. Hopefully this helped. Basically, buy Goldschmidt. Maybe sell Machado a little bit. Definitely sell J.D. Martinez. Then buy Christian Walker, Anthony Rizzo. Buy Byron Buxton, minus the injury risk. Buy Juan Soto and Vladimir Guerrero, if someone's selling. Um, I mean, like, I don't know who would be selling Soto or Guerrero. Maybe an idiot. If you have an idiot, if you have a village idiot who owns one of those guys in your leagues, go ahead and try to trade for him while you can. Uh, moves that I made. Here's some moves that I made last week. Nothing really too fancy. I added Jose Trevino and David Peralta in CBS League, Memorial Magazine League. Um, TGFBI, I added Francis Cordero for 16 bucks and Tyler Wells for 15 bucks and Matthew Lee Retour for 7 So a few smaller moves for my bench. And in my international 20-team league, I dropped Aaron Loop for Stephen Okert. Um, those are the moves I made. And thank you all for listening. I know it's a longer podcast. Hopefully a lot of the information here can help you out and help you win your leagues. I always appreciate the listens. I also appreciate the five-star reviews. So please, after listening, leave me a quick five-star review. You don't have to say anything. Just hit that little five-star number. It takes two seconds. I'd really appreciate it. Find me on Twitter. Give me a little follow. Give me a holler. And um, retweet the podcast out for me. Or send it to your buddies. I'd really appreciate if you can send the podcast out, a lot of time goes into this. As I've said on previous podcasts in the past, I know how it is when you find a good pod or you find a good uh, play, a good writer. You don't want to share that with anybody. You want to keep that for yourself so that you can win your leagues. Um, please share it, though, because I, need to, I would like to continue doing this next year. I have another baby on the way. And so when I have three babies, you already hear my babies yelling in the background when I have a third baby around here. Um, my wife might not let me do it anymore. Unless you guys convince her. So please hook it up. Convince my wife to let me keep doing this. Uh, thank you very much. Appreciate the listen. See you next week. Peace.